You guys are a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, I'm dude, like, bro. I'm seriously blown away. Like, this is great. Yeah, we're not just clowns and jokers. I just, <laughs> I, I, that's not the way it was presented to me. What? <laughs> <laughs> There is not a stereotypically more effeminate church than our church. Vision of the, um, Jane Manning's vision of the Nauvoo Temple. Like, I she mean, she had in a dream and saw it, and that's how she figured out that it existed, and then uh -huh. led a bunch of black Mormons to go find it, and that's how they joined the church, because she had a vision and a dream. Stuff like that is really, really I cool. mean, this yeah. is, this is mind-blowingly epic stuff. On Google or an argument with a friend who doesn't share the same faith, it's hard for young people to come back from that. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be able to tell these stories and give people the opportunity to learn it with the spirit. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Cardin Ellis. The show is Midnight Mormons, and today we got an awesome group here in the studio. I am joined by Kwaku L, Barad Whitbeck, Leo Winnegar, and his buddy, Mauli Bonner. Yes. Who's actually all our buddy now. Oh, by the way, stare straight down the barrel of the camera. That's the one you're looking at. You can look gotcha. at me too, though, but in the These intro, the you're looking there. Yeah, rock on. Got it. So anyway, um, what do we have had such an awesome conversation uh, pre-show, I don't even know where to start other than Mali, just introduce yourself. Tell us your story. Let us, you know, get to know you a little bit better so our audience knows who you are yeah. and why you're so cool. Sure. Um, uh, my name's Mali Bonner, Mali Jr. Bonner, and I do music and film. So for the last 20 years, I've been in the music industry. I develop pop artists. So I prepare them for like recording sessions and tours. So People so can you explain why music sucks in the 21st century and it was so much better in the 90s? No, <laughs> you know, here's, a, here's, here's the thing is that everybody can be famous. Anybody can be famous. So, you know, and the, not to say that those who are famous shouldn't be, but uh -huh. because they know they can be, it's anyone's, it's fair game for everybody. But I developed pop artists, Camila Cabello, uh, Cabello uh, Ariana Grande, Kesha, Fergie, stuff like that. Well, okay, well, for, first of all, wow. when you say you develop artists, like what, what, what does that mean? Like you go out and you find them while they're just in high school doing their high school musical and you say, hey kid, why don't you come to Hollywood? I got a spot for you. You know, like, <laughs> what, what is it? Yes. You know, what is it that you do? Okay, yeah. so it, it depends, it depends. So I'll be reached out to by re managers or production companies and they'll say, hey, we have this artist we're working on or a girl group, or it's an artist that's already big. Like a lot of times the artist is already big. Like uh, Katy Perry worked on her for a tour. I didn't develop Katy Perry. She was already killing it. Biggest tour in the world. I come on to make sure that she can be better than what she is. Oh, dang. Okay, cool. Wow, dude, that's dude. quite the list. <laughs> youth youth <laughs> bishops interviews with you must suck. Like, <laughs> let me let me tell you, kid. We're gonna develop you a little bit spiritually yeah. here, and I'm gonna, you know what I'm And you know, I can agree with you that people that are famous definitely, um, oftentimes, should not be famous. I grew up in Los Angeles, so I've met a lot of people like that. But also in our studio, we've got Quakuel. And uh, you can't go shopping with this cat in the mall without like 17 people in any college town in Provo saying, hey, aren't you Quakuel? You're the guy that throws the parties, right? And then I pop my head and I say, you mean the life-threatening COVID parties that are non-compliant with Utah state law? And yes, then he shakes his head and says, I know. That, yeah. Well. You that was a weird weekend. We were we were running errands, and for some reason, everywhere we went, someone's like, "Are you Quaku?" And it was like, "This doesn't normally happen." Yeah, very strange. So, um, okay, so what are you working on, man? 
What are you doing? Gosh, yeah. So right now I'm finishing the development of a monument. So we built this monument. Okay, so let me back up even further. Yeah. Um, like a monument to yourself? Uh, yeah, I know, I know, right? Are your biceps <laughs> I'm in it? I'm sculpting it myself. It's all too. smiles <laughs> and biceps. Yeah, yeah. You know what I said? Okay. Okay, so 2018, there was a B1 celebration. Some of you may have seen it. It was uh, celebrating, commemorating the 40th anniversary of the priesthood being given to all men or the priesthood ban on black people being lifted, however you see it. Okay. And in this uh, B1 celebration, my family, the Bonner family, got to perform. And as we performed, we were backstage watching this presentation, learning the history of black pioneers that I had heard of, but didn't know much of. I'd heard of Elijah Abel. I had heard of yeah. Jane Manning James. I'd never heard of Green Flake. And so I'm sitting there backstage learning about people that look like me that were in the early church, 1830s, 1840s. And honestly, I was a little embarrassed. Like I felt like I should know more And that event changed me. So right after that B1 celebration, we sang and it was over. I dove in and I was doing church history for black pioneers full time, like meeting with historians and reading quickly turned into writing because I am in the music industry. So Mm. I write music. So as I'm as I'm reading, I'm just writing and making songs. And so a month later, I had like 200 pages, 10 songs. And I was like, I, I think this is a movie. And so. Oh, dude. No, OK, so oh, so what so did you come cool. up with? Because I got to tell you. Early black membership is really awesome study material. OK. And sometimes I feel like a lot of the church historians nowadays, they're so browbeaten by being called racist that it kind of, I don't know if it's a subconscious wanting to avoid the topic or whatever, you know what I'm saying? That, that we're not as familiar with some amazing spiritual stories, yes. like just mind blowingly, epically awesome. I mean, the chick that protected the body with a rifle of Joseph Smith after the martyrdom, you know or what the, I'm saying? The, like the vision of the um, Jane Manning's vision of the Nauvoo temple. Like that I she mean, had in a dream and saw it, and that's how she figured out that it existed, and then uh, led a bunch of black Mormons to go find it, and that's how they joined the church because she had a vision and a dream. Stuff like that is really, really. I cool. mean, this yeah. is this is mind blowingly epic stuff, but it's like I feel like they're afraid that like oh it's gonna ruffle feathers because ex Mormon anti Mormons that hate us are gonna just call us racist again. You know what I'm saying? That the like they avoid it, but there's amazing stories. So you you came up with one and you made a movie about it, right? Yes. If I remember correctly. Okay, so hit us. Tell us about it. Yes. Yeah. And and. To your point, it, it is the fear of like, what if we get it wrong? What's going to happen? Mm. Yeah. Say it wrong. So let's just, let's just not go there. I can you screw know? up oh, Brad Wickbeck's Canadian history and nobody gives a crap. Right. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I accidentally write a J instead of an I on some guy's name. If he's black, you're screwed. Your book's going to get called. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be horrible. There is that fear, honestly. And so, yeah. but, so but to your point, okay. because it's not talked about learning these stories, I realized, um, I, I had to tell them because I had to tell the stories because as I was learning mm. this history, you would think because me being a member of the church and sharing the same faith that these enslaved pioneers, we're talking about people that were members of the church, but also enslaved to other members of the church, like yeah. learning that. And those of you who are hearing that for the first time, it's like an explosion. And you would think it would have shook my whole testimony, mm -hmm. but it didn't. It strengthened my testimony and that that really like threw me for a loop because I didn't expect that. So as I was strengthening my testimony, learning about these sensitive parts of our shared history surrounding race, I realized that the next generation needed to hear these stories and hear it the right way, because 
on Google or an argument with a friend who doesn't share the same faith, it's hard for young people to come back from that. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be able to tell these stories and give people the opportunity to learn it with the spirit. Okay, so top dude. three, dude, just hit me. Oh, I know, Brad's got a question. He hates yeah. it when I interrupt oh, him. No. <laughs> because if you look at our studio shot right here, oh, they can't see it because it's blurry. But the screen between Brad and I blocks out him, but it doesn't block out you, Leo, or Kwaku. So oftentimes when he's about to say something, I'll cut him off. I apologize, Brad. No, 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 you're totally good. I, I was just going to say, dude, I love that. And I love that you're, um, the thing that you decide to do out of learning this is, man, I need to share this with people and share it with them in a way that they'll appreciate it and understand it well. Because it, it makes me think of like, you know, the experiments they do where they take like some guy who's an am amazing violinist. And he's just like incredible, like sold out shows at the Philharmonic where anybody comes in. It's like a hundred bucks a seat. They put him in a subway station and have him playing just there alone. Mm -hmm. Joshua get Bell. Maybe, yeah, Joshua You're Bell. You're talking about Joshua yeah. Bell. Yeah, he, okay. He, he makes like what? 70 bucks off of like yeah. tips and stuff because people just walk past and they don't recognize it because the context in which they learn of his awesome music they just they just don't value it at all. Yeah. So I love that you're putting this together in a way that you can have people learning this in a place where they can then understand it in a way that builds them up like it did for you. Yeah, I have to do it. That's I have, awesome. Yeah, I have to do it. Hey, so, okay, so what's the coolest stories you came up with, man? Oh, wow. Like you've been diving in, you've been talking about how great it is, give us a taste. Whoa, I mean, okay, so Green Flake to me is the coolest figure in history right now for me. Mm -hmm. okay. Just because, you know, for this 19 year old enslaved young man, so imagine he's a member of the church, um, he was separated from his mother around 10, 11 years old, and he's sent to Nauvoo around 16. He's helping some of the people come in, and then Brigham Young assigns him to be in that Vanguard company. That He's a big dude, group. right? Yeah, big guy. Yeah. So he was bigger than most men, yeah. uh, you know, at a very young age. And uh, when we look at the history of that Vanguard company that came into the valley a couple days before Brigham Young, Greenflake drove the first wagon. Whoa, dude, dude I haven't heard of this guy. Dude, and I thought awesome. I was relatively a little bit above average up on things because of my work in blacks and the scriptures. But that's mm -hmm. just my ignorance. Um, wow, Greenflake. Look at that. All the way until 1903. And what was that Vanguard company? Keep talking. Yeah. So, I mean, the Vanguard company is like so... Uh, he was yeah. a big dude. Look at him. Yeah, yeah. So it's a horse saddle yeah. next to him, dude. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. This guy was a giant. What was he like? Six three, six four? He's a big boy, man. Okay. He really was. I mean, and so that Vanguard company was like that. There's like what 42 men, 23 wagons that were sent out ahead of you would know, you think of Pioneer Day, the July 24th, you know, and Brigham yeah. Young came through and said, This is the place. That was a couple days after Brigham Young sent these men through Immigration Canyon ahead of him. And so mm. um Brigham uh, Greenflake and uh, Oscar Crosby, or his name is now Oscar Smith. He was Oscar Crosby. Hark Lay, who changed his name to Hark Wales. Uh, they were two other enslaved men in that Vanguard company that came into the valley. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude. Yeah. No, okay. Now, hold on a second. I, I know you've mentioned enslaved men. Yes. But in my study of the history, uh, part of the very interesting part of black membership was the fact that, I mean, if you escape slave territory, you were a freeman now all of a sudden. I mean, that was, I'm the closest living relative, for example, to Clara Barton, the founder of the American Red Cross, mm. like one of the OG Underground Railroad patched together the Civil War heroes, try and get them reunited with their uh, families afterwards and then <laughs> suffragette, right? Yes. So it was that whole time period. And, and I thought the whole reason why you, we fought the Civil War and 
um, you have these amazing stories of black membership in the beginning was that if you were able to escape into free territory, you were inherently a freeman because those cities didn't practice slavery. And I know Brigham Young vacillated six or seven times on whether or not the Utah territory would be slave territory or not. But from what I understand, those baptized into the faith, all of them were freemen inherently, right? Because they were leaving the United States. Yeah. So in answer to that question, and here's another like yeah. hard piece of history. Is, okay. Um, so when they came into the valley, 1847. So you have okay. some of these Southern converts that sold everything except for a couple wagons and their enslaved labor. And so they're now they're coming into Utah. And over so now 1847 to 1852, there's discussions of like now what do we do with our enslaved members and people that we own, right? And it was in 1852 the legislature was passed, um, led by Brigham Young, which yeah. is like the hard part for people to accept to make Utah a slave territory between 1852 to 1862. And so yeah, and then it was doused in the yeah the yeah, 60s. So, whether okay. you were a member or not, so it didn't. It wasn't like well because you're a member now you were if you were owned you stayed owned until the end of your life. Interesting. Oh, so there was. I, I guess I'd understand there was a period of non-slavery before that when it was a territory, but then he made it. But either way, mm. I'll have to go back and brush up on my history. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, you have these amazing stories of members maintaining their faithfulness in spite of these obviously. Yes. Uh, unbelievably difficult situation. Um, he was rebaptized twice. Yeah. Yeah. Rebaptized. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. It's I mean, awesome. like, so when you do think of like the racial tensions in the world since 2020. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, and sometimes even in our own wards, there was tension based on your affiliation of what you believe, Democrat, Republican, and and how you felt about certain issues that popped up and whatever. Right. Imagine what those wards must have been like for someone who owned other oh, members and someone who is an abolitionist. Uh -huh. And they're in the yeah. same bishopric, you know, so it's like uh -huh. and then I think of when I think of enslaved members of the church there's no harder way to be a member of the church but to be enslaved. So for me, I can deal with whatever issues come up if they can handle the the worst things we can imagine. Oh, wow. Know? And so it, it's an example of faith to mm -hmm. me because Greenflake uh, kept his faith until he died. Oh, well, if there's anything deserving of a monument. Oh, did That's you see that guy. segue? Oh, yeah. oh, look what I got here. Oh. <laughs> OK, yeah. so tell us what you're doing here, man. I know you mentioned that uh, you're you're building a monument. And then actually, just when I looked up Green Flake, this was the second uh, this was the second thing that came up. So what are you guys doing with this? That's great. Yeah. OK, so we made the film and, you know, uh, this was my first time making a film. I'd never I wasn't a filmmaker prior, just music. And so mm -hmm. I, I go in and I make we're doing the film and I edit it and then I just throw it into film festivals because I heard that's what you're supposed to do. So throw yeah. the film festivals, then it comes back and it wins best film in LA, best film in Rome, best film in Istanbul. Oh, yeah. it's, it's killing it, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be rich. <laughs> you <know? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You Until you realize non-studio films, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. distribution ain't so hot, you know? What? All right, yeah. I'm gonna be rich. Right, right, right. <laughs> you get the check in 90 days, they say, Where's yeah, dude, we made like $100,000, <laughs> but we had to spend 999,999 bucks on marketing so here's your dollar welcome you to, know welcome to the film industry yeah welcome to the film industry <laughs> okay, so and the money so, went to the monument well, that, well yeah. here's the thing yeah so yeah, i, I, so I thought, his pockets yeah 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 so i thought okay yeah. great oh my gosh this is incredible yeah I, okay so i was gonna get the cast and crew all together to take pictures by the monument so i lived in la 
I didn't know that in the area that he came into in that Salt Lake area, there weren't any monuments honoring them. Oh, because okay, I learned cool. it in 2018, oh, I just dude. assumed uh-huh. that there were, you know, monuments. Salt Lake loves monuments. Utah's like a monument place. Yeah, dude. Like, I Especially Pioneer monuments. Yeah. You have parties around on Pioneer Day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like every little town's got one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Except for that one uh, town on the Highway 89 that still has the cement-filled gun, Gunnison. They've got the World oh, War II yeah. gun oh, yeah. out there. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, Gunnison and Richfield are like the weird <laughs> little cities that hey, you don't. <laughs> I, I like Gunnison. Although last time I drove my family down Highway 89, we were driving back to California. Instead of taking the I-15, I said, we're going to take the pretty drive. But, you know, January is not so pretty. Everything was dead and it was so cold. None of the kids were playing in the park. So they had a completely different experience than I did. When we showed up to that central park where the gun is in Gunnison, there was nobody there. And it was like had a bunch of uh, precipitation. And it was like dripping from the early morning dew and it was really depressing. You know what so. they do in Richfield for fun? They hang out in the Walmart parking lot. I'm not kidding. Like that's what? The, the fun thing to do in Richfield, Utah is hang out in the Walmart parking lot. Push each other around in carts. Okay, so back to exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Back to uh, exciting and fun dramatic stuff. Um, all right, so keep going. Okay, as so, you were saying. Yeah, Wait, so, so how can people watch the movie? I just you have to make sure we don't we don't get Okay, yeah, 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 so yeah. So speaking of it. distribution. Okay, so I'll, I'll get to that. So basically Monument, I thought it was going to be, I mean, I went to take pictures by the monuments. Cast, crew, everybody, let's just celebrate. It's yeah. winning. Oh, and yeah. that's when I learned there were no monuments. And so that's when oh. I discovered, like, what this whole purpose was for me. You know, like, it it, it wasn't about it winning anything. It was, okay, so it was well, where's it going to be and what are yeah. we going to put on the, what are we going to put on the plaque? Green Flake was B.A., and you should be like him. Exactly. Don't be a pansy. I need to write this down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't be a pansy. No mo woke. No, I just like. I don't know what you're gonna say. Just like what? Okay. So, um, uh, July tw- So basically, all the funds are going towards the monument. Everybody who watched the film, because we did these like streaming, like viewing online, everything went towards building this monument. And so now, everybody who's seen the film get to come and be a part of what they built on July 22nd of this year. So 20, 2022 oh, wow. oh, is dude. the dedication. Yeah. The That's dedication awesome. of the monument. Okay. Be, where is it again? Yeah. This is the place Heritage Park and it's going to be Green Flake is going to be. Wait, this is the place Heritage Park. That's, That's like Heritage in, Park in Salt Lake City. In Salt Lake City. Okay, yeah. cool. This Rock is the on. place okay. Heritage Park in Salt Lake City. Um, gosh. It's going to be three of the enslaved people in that Vanguard company along with Jane Manning James. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Cool. Oh, that's really, so awesome! Oh, it's it's so it's so. So what's exciting. the statue gonna be of? Like, please tell me, Jay Manning's gonna have like the eighteen thirty nine straight up sixty nine cal smooth bore <laughs> rifle. You know what I'm saying? And then like Green Flake's gonna be like straight up like Paul Bunyan with like whatever oh, axe he was that, using yeah. to cut through the 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 foliage. <laughs> Uh, um, in, the in the Vanguard company, like, what's it going to be like? What's you know, it gonna be? So Are you going to pose for it? Well, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I was actually going to ask you if you could pose for. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's the thing: it, it, you described it really close to what it's going to be. Oh, like. shut no, up! It was a vision. At least the green, I, it was a vision. <laughs> no, nobody's seen the picture. At least the green flake portion of it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I mean, he is going to have his axe because he built a number of homes for his family that, or the family that owned him as he came through. Oh, and dang. so Green Flake's going to have Zach's and whatever else. Jane Manning James is going to have her children. She's going to leave the gun at home. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she'll be with her children. Hope you're okay with that. <laughs> I have a feeling that uh, Woke City Council in Salt Lake City would never permit a gun on a statue that wasn't already built before they got elected. No. But okay. So, well, well, hold on. Let's let's give credit to the other two people. So we got Jane Manning. 
We got Green Flake. Who are the other two? Yes. Yeah, so we have Hark Wales and Oscar Smith. Hark Wales and, uh, and Oscar Smith uh, were brothers that were also a part of that Vanguard company. They're actually the brothers, brothers-in-law of Green Flake. He married their sister. And so, and again, I mean, I, I say this like it's just that clean, they're brothers and whatever else. So it's, it is a little bit fuzzy going through. You know, when you look up yeah. people's families back then, it's hard to detail. Mm -hmm. And so that is what's best believed um, that they were brothers and they came through together in that Vanguard company. Those two ended up going on to California after a few years, though. Well, look, just like it took uh, an English director to uh, master the American hero in Batman when The Dark Knight was done by Christopher Nolan. Most good things Mormon come from California. So, um, you know, like just uh, we just do it better and uh, perfect the art, then ruin everything and move back to Utah. But still, you know, like I, I'm, I'm glad that he, he, he marched on through. Actually, it's kind of cool. California history is Mormon history. Yes. People don't realize it. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, even to drive uh, up through the mountain pass, you have to go through Cajon Pass. And it's called Mormon Rock. Because the Mormon pioneers that were coming back from the border during the Mexican-American War and the Mormon battalion, uh, they they didn't know where their family was and they kind of were guessing. They thought they might make it to the coast or something. So they had to come back up through California. And in the West, we had a huge problem of having no tradesmen. Like we just had a bunch of ranchers and vaqueros and cattle. So nobody knew how to build a house or anything. So when these Mormons come into town, they're all like converts from the East that are like bricklayers, masons, architects, you know, and um, real men. They, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they uh, uh, wanted to hire them on the spot. And it was Mormons that found gold at Sutter's Mill that started the gold rush. And they kept it a secret of mind for a year until the contract was up. They're like, nope, got to find our wives and our kids. And they left. And then Sutter couldn't find honest men to keep it a secret. And that's when, boom, the gold rush started. So oh. the first building in San Diego, the Cajon Pass, Sutter's Mill, all built by Mormon cats. Quaco, I see uh, you. Molly, who's the third black priesthood holder in church history? Oh, goodness. Do you know? Okay. I hope I'm not getting it wrong. But okay, you know? so it's either. So we have Black Pete. We have Joseph T. Ball. Q. Walker Lewis. Quaco. Quaco. Oh! Q. Oh. Walker Lewis, yeah. That's oh, dope. I didn't even put the two together. You have yeah. his name. Because we put it's it's not Q Walker Lewis. They wrote it down because it couldn't spell Quaku correctly. Uh huh. So we've called him Q Walker Lewis for like two hundred years <laughs> when it's totally Quaku Walker. Wow. Yeah. Wait a second. I thought Q Walker Lewis was the reason why the priesthood ban was a hot topic for Brigham Young because he was going to oh, marry. Oh no, no. You're thinking of uh, Oakley. No, William McCary. Yeah, yeah, William McCary, who was like yeah. <laughs> getting with a bunch of women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that one's a crazy Which story. Which you gotta too. respect it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, oh, we're making Molly uncomfortable. Oh He's like, gosh. oh man, oh people are gonna gosh. watch this, my oh. man. So what, what, I don't get, I, I'm sorry, that one's- So, so Kwaku, K-W-A-K-U, or K-W-E-K-U, because technically, Kwaku is the American pronunciation, it's Kwaku, is actually how you're supposed to pronounce it, right? I'm gonna but, start calling you Kwaku. This yeah, is some, my, my mom says, uh, my, everyone says Kwaku. My mom says Kwaku. Um, oh, okay. I love it. So, but it's KW. But when you think of Kwaku, if you're an American, you you assume it's QU, right? Yeah. Like, like a quake. So, like Quakers, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, in church history, and my name is Kwaku Walker Lewis. And everyone wrote down, okay, Q U A K U, 
Kwaku Walker uh, Lewis. Okay. So it was a scribal error. <laughs> Just like the Bible, dog. <laughs> Where we got his name wrong, but now everyone's realizing as more converts from Ghana are coming in, they're like, yeah, his name was not it it was yeah and they're like yeah it was it was kw so so, so we oh. believe radio hosts name. we believe radio hosts on midnight mormons to be the word of god as long as their names are translated correctly yep um, <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> i what <laughs> as though out of my mouth are the mouthpieces of my i don't know i can't do the second one as well as i can do the first right anyway you guys are a wealth of knowledge yeah i'm dude, like no. I'm seriously blown away. Like, this is great. Yeah, we're not just clowns and jokers. I just, <laughs> I, I, that's not the way it was presented to me. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, no, 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 no. You do, wait, presented to you by who? Leo? Uh, Leo? Uh, what uh, you saying, These guys are clowns and jokers, but they, but they know a little bit of history. <laughs> yeah. we, we read a couple of things. Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay, so, uh, wait, hit it. I was gonna say, so what do you think is, look, I, cause I am sick of, um, of going to visit Houston where my, a lot of my family lives. And then, you know, my sister's like, this is my brother, Quaker. He's Mormon. And then all the black people are like, whoa, a black Mormon. What do we need to do to just get a bunch more black people to join the church? What do we Ooh. need to do? What do oh, we need to do? Snap. Okay, honestly, it's easy. We just talk about the history. We just talk about everything. Like, I love my country. And we know our troubled past in the history of enslavement in America, right? I love my country and I'm not I'm not leaving America because we talk about it. It's not like things that whispers of things that we're hearing and not sure of. We just need to talk about all of the history right. when it comes to the priesthood, the priesthood ban, the priest, the uh, early black members enslavement, all of it. So that there's nothing that's that people are filling in the blanks with, because right now mm. people are filling in what they don't know with what they think. Yeah. And so there's all these myths that aren't true about our faith. Yeah, because there's like this haziness to the history, because even as you're going through writing your script, right? Yeah, you're seeing all of these things where like, oh, man, the best thing that we can guess is it's this. What are the right? myths? What are the myths, dog? Well, well, for one, to your point, uh, Kwaku, was that I had a rehearsal with, I won't say the artist, but I had a rehearsal with an artist. Names. We want names. Mm. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, she's just not doing anything right now. You don't have to okay, say yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> better, better, better that way. Okay. Yeah, no, okay, Taylor so Swift. I, I'm a whoops. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I had a rehearsal with a, a recording artist and, and we're just taking a little break or whatever else. And then someone was like, yo, I, vi I visited uh, uh, Salt Lake and, you know, like where all the wives, you know, they got all those like sister wives. I'm like, um, no, I don't think there's like multiple wives. It's just, just the one wife. No, no. Like I've been there and I trust me, I know. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't like, think that's it. Like, uh -huh. Anyway, there's no black people like allowed in the church. Right. And I'm like, oh, there's, there's black people allowed in the church. And I didn't want to do the whole, I'm Mormon. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to have rehearsal and go home. Like, you know, yeah. but so you don't feel like, like getting into it. No, uh -huh. like, I didn't want to, you know, it, you know, and so I was like, just doing my job. So I'm like, no, before you finish your story yes. though, I would hope that you would just say like, I'm Mormon. Let's make it a Spartacus thing. Like I am Mormon. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so here's the, I, I, we gotta practice, Mally, before I, you go. I don't think that, we'll walk like, you through it, dog. Practice is not gonna get <laughs> Look, you us, you're a filmmaker now. Us film people have been having to do that on set for years. They line us up before the movie starts. And then they say, if you're a Mormon, step forward. No. And then <laughs> no, I'm with you. Oh, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> he's just but well, actually, he's just destroying the Thomas <laughs> S. Monson story. <laughs> wasn't there a lot of uh but like around like 2008 wasn't there a lot of super like anti-mormon hatred in hollywood like you couldn't are get no you job kidding if you're me mormon, right 
Oh, Mally, you remember this, bro. Not too much. Oh, actually, you're you're too young for this, man. Am I? But um, well, that was during Proposition Eight. Okay. There was the, the blowback once Proposition Proposition Eight passed. Then they would go through, and I had friends in entertainment whose livelihoods were destroyed. You know, they just they found out you're a member of this thing over there, and then boom, just I mean, the, wow. the blacklist just Canceled. went from McCarthyism to 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 Mormonism, which is also kind of scary because what the groups that voted the most against Prop Eight were like, wasn't most California black people voted? Against oh yeah, them? no, no, like African American <laughs> men were the single. Worst demographic, I think, besides Scientologists, to vote yeah, against Proposition not 8. For, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, when, I, when I started first hearing about Prop 8, by the way, that's when I got to BYU and it was all the controversy. Because I got to BYU during the protest time of, like, let's protest on campus and it was everything crazy. And it, Prop 8, Prop 8, and I look into it. And it, I, you would you would have thought Prop Eight was a fight between like a hundred gay guys and a hundred Mormon dudes in the street. If if you were the media, like, Dude, what we, is this? We uh-huh. we was like a legislation where like all the churches in California were like, we don't want to change it. But the way it's presented, I, it legitimately sounds like they got Elton John and Dallin A. Chokes to fight in a ring. Like that's yeah. literally <laughs> what it sounds like. And yeah, you realize it was like a weird political, complicated thing that I don't even understand. Yeah, no, well, it was, and, th- and that was the sad part is that because people didn't understand the reason you would vote affirmatively for it, you know, um, I think the reason why most people were voting for it was because the ramifications of such were so that. Um, a large persecution could be waged against religious people. They'd already gone after the 501c3 tax status of the church, which if revoked would make it so that your tithing was no longer a charitable donation. And when I start getting into this part of the description, people's eyes like gloss over and they just start getting bored. And and what happens is without the legal understanding of what it would have meant and why uh, the bill had to be reworded in a way that would make members of the church and religious people more comfortable with it. It just atrophies into a, so you hate gay people, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was the unfortunate part because that ended up becoming the soundbite, that ended up becoming the, you're a hater. And then that's where all of the the vandalism, the going after people in their jobs, losing clients, losing jobs, and, and it, it was brutal. And think about this, that is so recent like prop eight was so recent we like lived through it and it's hard for us to understand exactly what yeah, happened there still like, not as bad mm. as enslaved members yeah exactly <laughs> and so like yeah. think about it that way like looking back like back into the early parts of church history where you have people going through this yes. how much more difficult yeah. is it going to be to if, understand if what really the news happened? is fake imagine how fake history is right and uh and also our, didn't we didn't the mormon tabernacle choir perform with the san francisco gaymans chorus like Two years oh, ago, yeah, the the outreach, uh, the the outreach of our faith, our, the, our the church office building condoned Imagine Dragons, the Love Loud Festival, uh, Love Loud Festival. Even though he made an entire thing. movie, he made an entire movie talking about how the church wouldn't say yes to the Love Loud Festival until <laughs> and then, t- then Thomas Monson's like, yeah, yeah, sure, and then Thomas <laughs> Monson's like, yeah, sure, yeah, you want some funding, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so like. It's like in the last 14 minutes of the movie after you've watched like 60 or 70 minutes of just like pure anti-Mormonism. Also, can I they just get say, what they wanted? There is you know? not a OK. I'm, don't edit this out. There is not a stereotypically more effeminate church than our church. <laughs> this, we have the only church in which they encourage men to be clean shaven with quaffed hair to go up and once a Sunday cry at the pulpit. <laughs> like you cannot tell me oh we are God. not so the most like quaffed <laughs> hair. Are you are you justifying? No, I mean seriously. There's a, there are so many uh, gay people in Utah. 
first, if you have nine kids, statistically speaking, one's probably gonna be, you know what I'm saying? So, like, just the sheer number of kids we have makes the likelihood more. But there's so many gay people. So, are you justifying the casting decision of the people under the banner of heaven? Okay. With Andrew Garfield. All I'm saying is I'm not going to. Are you saying he looks like all your buddies at the dorms at BYU? You're asking if Andrew Garfield, the guy with qu- the most quaffed hair ever, <laughs> who dressed up in a tight skin Spider-Man costume fits in? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Have you been to the BYU theater department? Look, here's here's what I think, though. Um, I think uh, I think especially as the older generations, you know, move into the next life. And the church, you see demographics of the church change. I think a lot of these problems we're seeing right now are generational problems. And unfortunately, young members of the church, any honestly, anyone like 43 and younger is Whew. not. Barely well, cleared that. No, seriously. <laughs> How you doing over there, Maui? I think I made it. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, dog? Anyone 43 and younger is really just like not... Uh, we we are blamed for the, the sins of our forebearers. And you see this a lot because, you know, uh, all Gen Z people at BYU were like, I, I, I grew up doing theater. You know, I don't care. I, I was in I, show none, choir. None of us care. None of us care about your sexuality. We literally don't care. It's not mm-hmm. even a thought. Look but at then, pictures of me in a sequined vest ready to do jazz hands picture, and you might be thinking differently. There's a picture no. of me in a, in a pink tutu on a Mormon dating show. Well, <laughs> all right. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. yeah believe Trust that. me. So, but then it's like, well, what's going on? Why are we getting blamed for it? What, what? I like. There's nothing. And then you realize you go read Papa Osler's book, and you go, okay, what? He's so apologetic about these. So, it's generational it's guilt. He feels like, yeah, yeah. When you're 60 and you were back in the elders' quorum way back when, and they're like, well, the homos are coming into this church. Let's show them what's what. And then they feel guilty about it 20 years later. And they're like, we have to work on this. But all the young people are like, yeah, well, this has never been our thing. This is your thing, old guy. And now we're getting blamed for it. Uh-huh. And I can't make it to class without having to sign a petition from a drag queen on campus who's like, how do you feel about this? It's like, I'm literally just trying to get to my exercise science class. And so there's all, there is an issue of old people that that lived a certain way in the country that now the rest of us have to answer for and it's a little bit annoying because it's not our fight you know i i 100% agree that's deep well, well you haven't felt that Maui? i hadn't even thought about it i hadn't even thought that deep into it though yeah, oh, because cuz you you grew up in and uh, you live in you work in the music industry in la you work with lgbt people all, all the time, time. Yeah. it's not even a second thought to no. you but because very uh, baby boomers and gr- greatest generation sometimes still run our church, it's their fight. It's their battle. But the media is overwhelmingly younger people. Like you have so never they cover gone their fight and give it to us. Mm. You've never gone to one of those MT sensitivity trainings we have to have. If if you work for any of the major entertainment companies, mm-hmm. like I work for NBC Universal, other places like that, you have to go to like 15 sensitivity trainings where they're like, look, if you have a black friend, it's okay to make eye contact. And it's like, what? <laughs> yes, I- I've had lots of them. <laughs> and I make regular eye contact. And you should know they don't like being stared at at work. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. But like, that's like, anybody doesn't like getting stared at at work. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and avoid making sensitive slurs that they maybe, I don't slur regularly anybody. <laughs> so like, funny. I mean, and, and wow. you never have had to take one of those sensitivity trainings and thought this is literally boomers in the highest echelons of this company living out their 60s 
60s and 70s trying to atone for sins that they committed on a population that doesn't have a problem with it. You've never wow. noticed that? I hadn't noticed it. So, I mean, I'm hoping that there's people that are hearing this and being like, I, and I listen, this is an aha moment for me. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's so much wow. of, we're, we're seeing, we have, because we have the biggest generational divide ever in our country right now, because we've never had an increase in technology more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, you, Cardin, what? I'm you scared. remember the day in which VHSs were the norm? Well, dog, let's not go after me too hard. But yes, and by the way, you guys are missing out because nothing beat blockbuster video when on I a Friday a, night, man. <laughs> when I when I was a kid, so, it was the, it was the Blu-ray disc, and that's what was when I was a little. Ooh, and yeah. one thing I want to point disc. out about that actually, Kwaku, is the way that information gets presented to people. Like you're talking about here, like uh, with the evolution from VHS into DVD. And then now we have everything on YouTube that we're learning everything online from just all of these different places. You have such an opportunity for everything that you learn to be colored in a different way than what it might actually be. Right. That right. you end up with people like saying things in the church where they're saying, like, don't study from these from bad sources about the church, which ends up translating into just don't study about this church history at all sometimes. So then mm. people then hear about it. They hear something disturbing. And it's the only gaslighting is what they call it. Yeah. And the only people allowed to make any well, sort of. Well, it doesn't of, mean it's actually gaslighting. We know they abuse right. the terminology yes, of gaslighting. That's what I'm but, but the so people I'm, who do yeah. make a difference in how it's interpreted are generally people with like a negative light on it, right? So I love what you're doing here where you're making something that's actually positive, helping people understand how things actually happen with a commitment to like say, this is the actual history. And this is how those people understood their own history and how they went through it, Yeah, right? I yeah. love that. I think it's so cool. Not to pivot too much, but still kind of on that subject. Have you ever compared, um, done a textual analysis between Martin Luther King's mountaintop speech and Sammy the Lamanite's uh, sermon in the Book of Mormon? And they're the exact same Whoa, thing. this yeah. is going to be the second half of our show. I was just about to end it right there. Oh, yeah. I was just about to end same. it right there as like, that's the end of the green flake thing. You know what I'm saying? But now you just brought up a really cool question. I've never heard that before. What is that? Repeat that. Oh, right. Okay. So <clears throat> repeat that. I Samuel the I'm Lamanite. I'm the one who discovered this in the church, but I'm the one who discovered it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no. uh, so Samuel the Lamanite, right? Okay. On the wall. His speech to the Nephites is so shockingly similar to Martin Luther King's mountaintop speech. You mean the the great, I've been to the mountaintop, yeah, right? Yeah. Ooh, that's a stirring oration, bro. No, they're, I'm going to see if I can't pull it up. They're it the same. It's crazy. So if you pull them both up, but okay. it's well, I, I can't YouTube Samuel the Lamanite. Yeah, like, his, his speech wasn't so Wait, recorded. What? <laughs> There'll be a Book of Mormon video on that pretty soon. I, no, I'm looking it up. The, I'm looking it up right now. The, 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 Watch. The, you know, I hate doing this in real time, but we're going straight to YouTube right now. The two of two of you. Yes. And we're gonna boom go to. I have. Been, what is it? I have been to the mountaintop. I have been to the mountaintop. You know what we're talking about, Mally? You familiar with this? Yes. Oh, yeah, dude. This is one of the greats right here. So he read the Book of Mormon quick is what you're saying. <laughs> I think Martin Luther King saw his own demise. No, no, no. Joseph Smith obviously plagiarized Martin Luther King. <laughs> no, no. That's, I, 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 no that's the other thing is I think I think Joseph Smith saw his own demise. I think the reason why he returned was because God told him you have to return. You have to die for this. Mm. I think that's why he said 
I go like a lamb to the slaughter, but my I am peaceful as a summer's morning or whatever is because he was about to escape again. He'd actually already effectively escaped again. Mm-hmm. But then he voluntarily to cho- chose to go back with Hiram knowing what was happening. I think it was because he had a we, we don't know what happened in those eight hours, but we know it was a very revelatory time. I literally think God just came down to him and said, all right, you've done your job. You need to go die for this. Wow. You know, you need to seal your testimony with blood like a Bennett. I did, dude. And so that's why I think he just knew like, all right. I'm going, I'm doing this. And I think to a certain extent, Martin Luther King, uh, a very flawed individual, unfortunately more flawed than um, people don't contextualize him enough. And I wish they did not because I want to besmirch the guy, but just because I want to show that flawed individuals can do great things. He got around. All right. He got around a little bit. So did King Solomon. So Uh, did you in college. You know, we're all. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually after college, but anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. Well, okay. So here's basically the outline of it. So, when you look at the two speeches, you'll find that they both come and they state their purpose at first, and they talk about how, I know that a lot of you here don't like me. <laughs> I know that you don't like me, and I don't care that you don't like me. And then they go in to say, I know that you will you would seek to take my lives, but I'm being protected by the Lord. And then it goes on to lecture all the wrongdoings of the people. Mm-hmm. And then both end, and this is where it's crazy. They both end with the fact that they've, they're, they, they're not afraid because they've seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Oh, They wow. both end in testifying the exact same thing. They don't care what happens to them because they've seen that Christ is going to come and that they're taken care of. Mm. And when you, when you just read both next to each other, you go, oh, my goodness. And, they, and, and Martin Luther, he gets very political in the speech. He's talking about the corruption of their industries. And how it's actually a curse to them and how they're creating their own failures and how all, you know, the, the, the system set up are a curse and destruction to the people. And same in land, it says the same thing. This is a great curse upon the land because of your own iniquities. They're the exact same thing. Oh, wow. And uh, it's like, I, I don't know how I, I, I haven't found anyone who wrote, wrote about it. I wrote an old medium thing about it, but I deleted my medium because, you know, so um, yeah. <laughs> but I have to republish it. But it's the same speech. And you, you have to wonder. You look at you look at how Sammy the Lamanite was. He was a prophet, but he was a he was a prophet in the wild. He was a John the Baptist type. He mm-hmm. was not of the established church. He had to come and fix the church mm-hmm. and and fix them. And by by the way, at this time, the church and the kingdom are so intertwined. It's similar to um, to a twentieth a twenty first century America, where Christianity and Americanism are so intertwined. It's just the church. Mm-hmm. And Martin Luther King was another prophet in the wild. And you'll notice Martin Luther King did not believe a lot of the mainstream Christian doctrines. He did not believe in the church. Well, he condemned the church. He said his biggest disappointment in the civil rights era was not the white racists, but the white Christians oh, who yeah. knew better because of their Christianity well, I mean, specifically, and the pastors. He, and he condemned yeah. the pastors that wouldn't give aid. But theologically, I'm saying he was he did not believe in the Trinity. He didn't believe in the virgin birth. He had a completely different kind of Christianity because he felt that the traditional mainstream Christianity, the doctrines itself were a psychological form of an oppressive force. Oh, interesting. And so he, like Samuel the Lamanite, is like, by the way, your doctrines are kind of wrong too. Like another brother named Joseph Smith. And you just start realizing the same God who inspired Samuel the Lamanite, the same spirit is like, okay, I'm going to literally send the exact same spirit to this guy right here. And they're going to say the same things. This stuff is, and then obviously the reality that the Lamanites were darker, <laughs> you know, than the Nephites is also just. Well, a, for a period of time in the Book of Mormon before there was no more ites among them. Uh, yes, mean, but how does Samuel the Lamanite introduce himself? If you if you read it, 
the only time in the Book of Mormon someone says, I, this, a, this is Sammy the Lamanite. No other Lamanite does that. Yeah, but he probably had to say that because by that time they all looked the same because they had intermarried. So no, because he starts state, off by saying, I, Samuel, a Lamanite. Just behold. Behold. And the Nephites look and he goes, I am a Lamanite. It's purposeful. He He's standing out on purpose. Just I don't go, know if that's necessarily indicative Cardin, of physical go difference. Go read it. Okay. I don't know. Go I, read it. I, it could help account See, now, for I'm okay they... with condemning the orthodoxy and the fundamentalism of the churches that have been corrupted over time. Do you know I need to, I, I'm going to pull out the receipts and you're going to 500 bucks. I'm right. How much I, I think oh, you, I, don't, I couldn't afford that dog. Let's, let's tone that down to like, you know, 500 pennies. But, but it you would know? help account for why they left his scriptures out. And when Jesus came back, one of the first things he said was say, where are all the scriptures from Samuel the Lamanite? I commanded him to come and speak to you. Where did you put them? No, but how do you know the difference wasn't political? Like maybe he was just a Democrat. Okay. You know, no, uh, and so like, I, you know, like Wait, I've, I've got, got it for you. I've got it for you. So, in the mountaintop speech, Martin Luther King openly says, because I'm Martin Luther King and I'm a Negro, these people want to harm me. He says this over and over again in all of his speeches, by the way, right? Okay. Look at uh, Helaman 1410. And now, because I am a Lamanite and have spoken unto you the words which the Lord hath commanded me, and because it was hard against you, you are angry with me and you do seek to destroy me and have me cast out from among you. Yeah, but that so also could be every... a generalized indictment of pride. There's tons. Like Nephi said that to Laman and Lemuel saying, because I'm your, uh, though I am your youngest brother and I say things that are difficult and hard, the wicked take it the hard to be difficult. But he's and you're chosen to harm me. Those are three different verses from different verses of the book of well, no, but, Yeah, but I'm and, saying and that's really, a generalized indictment of no, pride. And Laman and Lemuel, because I am a Lamanite, you were trying to harm me. And Laman and Lemuel were Lamanites too, and Nephi was the first Nephite. They were no, they weren't Lamanites. Look, I was just <laughs> trying to throw a monkey wrench in your argument. Keep Nephi going. was they were <laughs> his argument is very <laughs> solid, Carl. Nephi wasn't <laughs> Nephi wasn't a Nephite either. He was an Israelite. What are you I'm talking about? Quick, <laughs> I think you got something there, dude. You need to publish that paper. Okay, um, keep going, bro. Keep so, going. But, and, and then um uh you if so Martin Luther King was also big in like condemning the automobile industry and kind of pointing out the corruption there. I wish he'd lived long enough to condemn big pharma, but it's okay. The Scientologists took care of that. So um let's <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Um uh, they do swell with great pride unto boastings, unto great swellings, envying strife, malice, persecutions, murders, and all manners of iniquities. And because of this, the Lord God caused that a curse should come upon the land. So this it's a socio-political, it's a racial, it's a spiritual, it's every single like it is the most civil rightsy sermon in Christian scripture. Like, period. Mm. This is more specific than anything in the New Testament, than anything in the book of Exodus. It is like boom, boom, boom. And nobody reads it with like the because we re we say, brothers and sisters, the book of Mormon is for our day, but we don't mean it. Because when you read it for our day and actually go, hmm, how does this apply to our own history? And you, you start go, naming oh, names, oh. modern names. That's when they get really uncomfortable. Well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you say, I'm against secret combinations. And by the way, X, Y, Z, the pharmaceutical industry is a secret combination. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, no, 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 no. We have lots of members that work in the pharmaceutical industry. We don't want well, you to go after that. Again, we uh, Sammy the Lamanite is the, is the great warning because he had to remind the church, hey, by the way, you guys kind of suck right now <laughs> and you're being one with the corruption. And sometimes we need that wake up call in our own church today. And this is why God will send prophets in the wild. When I say MLK was a prophet with a lowercase P, absolutely. Absolutely. It happens all the time. And sometimes God's like, look, these are my, these are my people, but mm. 
I gotta send. I gotta send the guy so, right wait, here. Wait, hold on a second. So Mauli, Mauli, hold on. Right. Mauli, yes. I think you really need to do something for us here. Um, right at the unveiling of your monument, we got to make sure that the stage is super high and elevated. You know those trusses that go up above to hang the lights when I'm you're gonna do a concert. It. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You need to get a little ladder to the top of those trusses so that Skinny Quaku here can get on up there. And then you gotta right, help me, man. You gotta yeah, help boom. Me. And then right at the end, you know, as everybody's clapping. And you know, we're all saying yes to the monument. Boom, the lights go on and Quaku's on pause. top. Everyone pause, 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 like, pause, pause. I am a prophet, you are living in sin. I want us to have this moment in real time. It is official, Elon Musk just bought Twitter. Oh. Shut up, it is dude. Official. As of right now, Elon Musk just bought Twitter, confirms $44 billion. Wow. Holy crap. He's gonna shut it Whoa, down. Wow. <laughs> dude. He, he's dude. also a prophet in the No. You're deputizing all the prophets with your holy water, man. You're like the papal bull that gave uh, deputy power to the, uh, not the Freemasons, the, uh, uh, the Knights Templar, dude. Huh. Okay, well, I guess that's our third topic Dude, that's now. Fine, awesome. Great. Third topic is I just wanted just to have that moment caught on real time. Yeah, just happened uh -huh. now. Elon Musk Whoa. bought Twitter. Wow. Elon is, Musk dude. bought Twitter. Holy smoke. As of 425-2022. Okay. Oh, they were so close. 4 p.m. California time. 425? Man, hey, five minutes earlier, he would have been so proud. Can, yeah. we ask, can we ask Molly about how to study church history? Because when he said study more church history, yes. that, that's a loaded, loaded statement that people on all sides of the belief spectrum see that differently. So how do you recommend we study church history? Okay. Sorry, I'm that, realizing that's that, really important for well, us. Yeah. To yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm going to try to condense my answer. So it's, it's this, we did a screening at the church history department for the film. And cool. afterwards we talked with historians and whatever else and realized that, wow, there's not enough on these, on our church websites to, for people to go learn more. Yeah. And that's a problem because what, what I, I was meeting with historians, church historians, and whatever else, but everybody else doesn't have access to the historian that happens to work for the church. Yeah. So uh, we realized that more had to be on the church's websites. And so over this last year, so much has been put on there. Mm -hmm. So I would say start there so so that you know, so that you can hear the history of our faith from us. It should start there. Mm -hmm. So you go to the church website, look up one of the names you heard, and then it'll just snow. It'll just take you down the rabbit hole. And, you'll learn more and, and if more you more. come across something that challenges your faith in a past uh, leader, what do you do with that? Uh, I mean, like the Brigham I'm, Young I'm, stuff yeah, and mean, all listen, these other leaders, what do we do? Yeah, here's the issue. And I, and I don't mean to put into question people's individual, individual faith, but if it is shaking your faith, you probably should take a second look at your faith because your faith should not be rooted in the men who are serving in callings. Mm. You know, that's, that's, it can't be. It cannot be. I can't imagine what what the people must have felt like when Peter was denying Jesus Christ. Oh, right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus is dying. And how could Peter, the apostle, one of his best friends, sit there and deny him like that? Good point. Mm -hmm. And so if 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 their faith is in Peter, they're done. Their faith, this church was all a sham. Mm -hmm. But if their faith is in Christ, then Peter's got his own path back to repentance yeah. and getting back to where he was, you know, serving the way he should have been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's his issue. So of course we're going to come into things in the in nowadays where there's going to be apostles that say things or do things that we disagree with and there's going to be more. Whatever's happened, there's going to be more. Actually, like, I've never really I mean, I've always viewed Peter and him denying the Christ as an example of how people can screw up. But that is like the ultimate screw up. And I've never viewed it as profoundly as I did right now or as an example of how um 
prophets can mess up. I, I've, I've used an example of prophet prophetic infallibility, much like commanding that we should go get a, a even though <clears throat> we shouldn't have. Uh, but uh, oh did I say God. that out loud? Or I, did I, You've did said I mention that out the, loud a lot. Or was I talking about <laughs> Dieter Uchtdorf getting caught donating the maximum donation to Raphael, baby, or Warnock? Um, I'm being oh Warnock. my gosh. Sorry, uh, <clears throat> anyway, I'm going back to the historical uh, fallibility of our prophets. Um, the uh, I've never viewed that really as profoundly as I just did right now. Yeah, You're right, we kind of gloss over. We all know that he denied him, and that was kind of a faux pas, but yeah, no, you're right. In his worst moment, in his worst moment, he was denied by his best servant. That's brutal. It's super uncomfortable. Like Pre President Kimball, didn't he say like it was prophesied that Christ told him that basically to deny him? And that was like well, an apologetic approach to that, to that mistake, but I can see it that way, or I could see it this way where he actually made a serious or mistake. Or Ben Judas. Yeah, I mean, because they're still apostles, it doesn't yeah. change who they yeah, are. Yeah, but Judas was yeah. a punk that we saw coming. Man. Fine, but it doesn't you know? change. But it doesn't <laughs> but he change had the church, right? That's true. He had the calling. Right? Yeah, yeah it exactly. It doesn't change the church. So uh -huh. Judas, Judas did that. Then do all the followers leave? Like, do yeah. we leave mm -hmm. if one of the apostles says something like crazy and does the worst thing? Yeah. Okay. So well, I think follow up question though. Yes. So our in our church, our access to Christ is very much connected through prophets, right? Through the institution of the church. Disagree, but hit it. And that's, and that's what we're, I mean, we were raised with the song, Follow the Prophet. We we have connections with Christ through the temple, mm -hmm. right? That was given to us through a prophet, Mally. So what do you do when your connection with Christ really depends on the authority of the church? I mean, how do you how do you distinguish between those two things? Because that that's something that I've wrestled with personally. Again, we have to get to the root of your testimony. It should not fall onto the prophet. Because so, there's going to be things that are going to be so offensive. I'm, I know something's going to come that I'm going to be so hurt by mm. or so offended by or completely disagree with, even though it's my prophet or the apostle or mm -hmm. the bishop. So mm. it has to be Jesus Christ. And I don't think that the prophet would tell you otherwise. Yeah. In fact, in the baptismal interview questions, the number one thing is, do you believe in God and Jesus Christ? Right. Yeah. Like that's, I, I think, so good. That needs to be the core of our testimonies. And I think even the scriptures talk about how when you are studying everything that you study, if you have a testimony of Christ, that is the gift that you need to really understand what's true. Puts everything else in context. Well, yeah. and the other thing it's important to remember is just because you have a testimony of a modern prophet and a belief that God has provided in the modern church, just as he did in the ancient church, a leader with the priesthood keys of being a seer, a prophet and a revelator and so on and so forth. Just because you have a testimony of that doesn't mean you have a testimony in that. You know what I'm saying? And and I would say, I would just modify your first sentence that you said a second ago, Leo. What? We just said like, <clears throat> a lot of your rela relationship to Jesus Christ is through the prophet. I would say a lot of your passive relationship to Jesus Christ is through the authority of the church. And that, I mean, I know he got lambasted for saying lazy learners, but if your spirituality is secondary and tertiary in its practice, you will find yourself relying more upon what other people say. Whereas, mm -hmm. I, I mean, the number one thing missionaries say is not, listen, we got this great guy named Russell M. Nelson. Dude, you should tune in as often as possible and like hear what he has to say. Because dude, like Eckhart Tolle's here, Russell M. Nelson is here. <laughs> like, that's not what they're saying, all right? What they're saying is like, here is scripture made by, you know, uh, ancient prophets that's in conjunction with the Bible. We want you to read it. And then we want you to pray not to Russell M. Nelson, 
We don't want you to ask what Tony Robbins or Eckhart Tolle or Joel Olstein thinks about it. We want you to go home and pray and and have a direct connection and answer from God to tell you where you should go. Our very first rehearse, our very first exercise in spirituality with anybody that we contact about the church is not an exercise in belief or a testimony of our prophet. It's an exercise in belief of God Himself and a conversation directly with Him, yeah. with a spiritual experience directly with Him. That's a good point. Thanks for answering that, man. Yeah. Just... You done screwed up, Leo Winnegar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's true. I, I did screw up, no. and that's and I think a lot of people do screw up. Yes, uh, and I'm really growing up in this church, and I'm really glad that you brought it up here so that people can have that you, wrestle right you, now Brad. and yeah. hear some really really solid responses to this because I think that it's very easy to interpret it that way, yeah. especially when people attacking the church are like, "Yeah, that's what you guys believe," and it's like. That's not what the scriptures say, nor is it what our our teachers teach us. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mally, how do you deal with that, man? I know you said in the pre-show that you thought that um, one of the reasons why you're asked to participate in the B1 is because you know, you're a family full of um, uh, what pe some people would consider, whoa, wild, you know, having yeah. black members of the Mormon church and stuff, you know, so... You've been a lifetime member? Was, was there? Yeah. My, my parents okay. work. My parents, they... Uh, converted the same year I was born, so my whole life. Okay, so so so, how do you meander that? Like, what do you do when like people like act like that? Oh, I just I just try to give them the simplest education I can about uh -huh. who I am and how this faith helps me. Do you do it like Spartacus? Like, I am a Mormon. I do actually the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like exactly. oh my gosh, just, yeah. So, so well, yeah. So, what do you tell them? What do you tell them? Like when they're surprised, you know? Yeah, I honestly say. You know me, and if you like who I am, then I can only attribute that, attribute that to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you think there's good in me, it comes from what I believe. Oh, and that's so if powerful. You, and if there's more you want to to learn about, then let me let me show you. You know, so so, so because I say that, then that means I have to be good, because mm -hmm. I because I'm all the things. I'm great and I'm terrible. Yeah. But I just have to be like, I can't be terrible. I have to be an example of Jesus Christ because there's so few black members of the church and we're that ex I'm the one that they met. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm yeah. more of a fan of like Solomon. I'll be a good uh, Solomon example. You know, like uh, I'll, I'll do some work. I'll probably mess up a lot. But you yeah. know what? I'll say someone better's coming afterward. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's funny. That's funny, man. All right. Cool. Sweet. Well. Whew. Got anything else you want to get out of your system, man? We just straight up recorded for one hour and six minutes, and it was the fastest, funnest one hour and six minutes really I don't bad. ever have. Uh, what else you working on? What's coming around the bend, bro? Like, oh. take us home, my man. Okay. So, yes, I think I mentioned July 22nd. You know, we have that monument coming. Be there if you're in Salt Lake or in the area. This is the place Heritage Park. I will be there if you will literally get that ladder for Kwaku, and he can do his Samuel the Lamanite freaking expose with a robe on i've been on yeah, the mountaintop i am like dude will be, you? i should release that session that'd be well really then we'll cool set up a zoom link so that you can watch it no. <laughs> 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 that be yeah, so there so there's the monument july 22nd and okay. and i am moving on to the next film so there's there's gonna be more so don't, don't just leave us yeah. awesome, oh, well, well, That's yeah, awesome. so, I mean, which one the thing is Can't with the us. priesthood I, i'm just i don't want to have to answer the questions to people who think that the black people had the priesthood in 1978, and that's when it started. 
you know, and I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. so I'm, I want to tell the film, uh, I tell the story of Elijah Abel through film. So his story oh, and dude. his relationship with Joseph him? Smith. Uh, not, not, well, no, we can't uh, well, just end it there. Give it, come on, dog. Tell well, us no, you're doing so, an Elijah well, Abel film? Yeah. And by the way, is it Elijah Abel or Abel? I've heard it both ways. It's all the ways. Yeah, I've heard it all the ways in Abel's and it's, yeah. Who's playing all him? The things. I want, to, I'm too young, <laughs> but I want to play Elijah Abel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it hasn't even been casted yet, um, but this, it, it's a film that's going to tell the history of how, when it was, when the church was restored, everybody had the priesthood. Can we, get, was midnight, to, can we get the audience to vote on who should play Elijah Abel? <laughs> yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> if you want me to play Elijah Abel, <laughs> vote in the comments. Yeah, I'm going to put Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder as oh a second. My. Oh my as God. As a second <laughs> option. And we're going to see if you get downvoted under Why Robert Downey Jr. Why Flavor Flav as Elijah <laughs> Abel? Flav got Flav. the followers. Yeah, you used to, by the way, I like how you say you look like Flavor Flav because pre-Will Smith slap, you used to say you look like who? Oh yeah, a mixture of Jada Pinkett Smith and Arsenio Hall. Isn't that? Can you see it? Wow, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. good. No, I literally do. Yeah. But now after Jada Pinkett Smith and the you know the entanglement with the rapper twenty years or young, the junior, entanglement. entanglement, yeah. Oh my word, that's kind. Who do people say you look like? Before we go, Mally, who do people say you? Look I mean, like? I've heard, I've heard Tyrese, I've heard Eddie Murphy, I've heard. You do okay. kind of look like Tyrese Gibson. You do actually. Right. Yeah. So I've, I've heard okay, all cool. things. Have you ever gone into a party and just faked you were him because somebody thought you were? No. <laughs> No. Oh, really? I, no. Oh, okay. Do you want me to? Is that a <laughs> No, actually, one time to get out of a crowd, I had to fake that I, I had to sign autographs as Roger Federer. I w yeah, I used to have long hair and I was really skinny and I'll show you a picture. I was a promotional model for Continental <laughs> Airlines, which I didn't realize was a um, sponsor of Roger Federer. And so we always had to walk through the employee entrance, which was the same as the athlete entrance as we were going to work. And we had to wear the Continental Airlines visors, which is the same one he had. And when I had long hair on my glasses on and I was skinny and a lot in a lot better shape, I'm six five. I, I looked like Roger Federer. Is he tall? But um, no. Well, on television, can you tell how tall no, an NBA can't. athlete you is? You, you can't. But so I, I'm tall and athletic looking and I've got sunglasses on. I immediately got swamped by there was like this nice little Asian lady that thought I was Roger Federer and started asking me in broken English for I didn't know what it was but then I realized it was an autograph and the second she said the word autograph like three people looked around and I got swamped by like 20 different people thinking I was Roger Federer and I couldn't actually make it through the crowd so I finally <laughs> just started signing autographs to get through the crowd and make it home so unfortunately there's a really sweet and nice and polite Asian woman that thinks she got Roger Federer's uh uh, autograph signed at the at uh, the the U.S. Open. I'm botching the story, trying to truncate 30 minutes worth of stuff into three minutes. But um, yeah, no joke. There's like probably about 10 people that thought they got Roger Federer's signature, and it was really just some uh, poor paycheck to paycheck promotional model from New York City who was getting paid like forty dollars an hour to represent. Did sign his actual name. You I, I just I I just really did you I do like an R. I, I just I just scribbled something just really fast. Okay. I was trying Somebody to get through really the line. sad right now looking I, at the signature. Yeah, I, I don't even know what it was, but I just started boom, boom, boom. And I remember it was a ballpoint pen too, so it didn't really just show up very well. It wasn't like I had a well, sharpie. That's all they do anyway is just scribble. They don't really write their name. Yeah, right, exactly. So, it works. so anyway, all right. Well, Mally. Yes. Thanks for hanging out with us, my man. It was uh, awesome. You guys, dude. This was right. awesome. Where Thanks. can people find you if they want to uh if they want to link up with you, watch your stuff? Yeah, I guess you know, you can go to greenflakemovie.com. That so you can kind of keep up with what's going on there. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, what is it? Mally B. 
Uh, um, yeah. Mally B1. I don't even know my Instagram. You have to find me. It's a secret. So Okay, cool. <laughs> Back on. You're hidden like the yeah. Gnostics. Yeah, exactly. All right, sweet. Awesome. Well, this is Midnight Mormon, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys in the next episode. All right, that's Sweet. a cut. Yes. So, um, stuff. that was like, that was we so could do, good, we could do more dude, if you want awesome. to. You got so something awesome. to get and off concise. your chest that we haven't talked oh. about. Yeah, we could do another short one. That if you thought great. that was great and you got everything you want to talk about, we can call it a day. It's all up to you, my man. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. High yeah. energy, isn't it? Yeah. That was great. I mean, and, and educational. Like, gosh, you guys are smart. Oh, wait, really? did you say that again, Don? <laughs> I didn't hear your recording. Make sure you hear that one. You know what I'm saying? They talk fast. They're smart. They I mean, it's fast. just, yeah, it's yeah. great. When I first sat there, I was like, this is way too fast. But it's fine. <laughs> 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 you wait, you said we're way too fast? You guys talk so fast. It's amazing. Okay, I had a question um, yeah. that I'm curious about. In your in the course of your studies, where, where are your thoughts on where the priesthood band came from? Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's, it's a you probably know. Can we do a video yeah. on this? Because th that's an argument, and I want to set the story. Do you straight. want to? Yeah. I mean, listen, I I'm fine to do it, but it's it's a doozy. No, no, let's do it, though, because, like, I actually think the doozy is necessary, and it indicts in a way that I think. You know what I'm saying? But tell well, me. Well, 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 maybe we'll see if right? we're on the same page or even. You want to see, or you want to see. Because that was one of the number one things I studied. Okay. Because maybe while we're talking about it, we just go through it. Because I found something weird that I wondered about. Um, so okay. I, I want to I mean, we're probably going to have different opinions on it. So, Well, actually, no, no. I'm, I'm, well, and different opinions isn't Well, I'm mean, saying based on what I've, I don't know. Which, 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 just go for it. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. it. Oh, Why so would you say oh, I have different points? You call me racist, Tom? No. No, I'm totally <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should grab Quaker for this. He though, said, right? <laughs>